it's uh, MLS Cup Hangover Time. Uh, we've been still hungover from, <laughs> from Saturday. <laughs> yeah, we we've been doing the uh, the sort of real like evil Schadenfreude celebration since Seattle lost here uh, in Portland. Since was that that was Saturday, right? It seems like a lifetime ago yeah. now. So much stuff has happened in MLS since then. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've we uh said we were gonna come back and do this, even though it feels like we should just take a, a real long nap for the <laughs> next couple months. I do feel like that. <laughs> great, great intro to this fantastic <laughs> show we have coming for you. No, but uh, it, I think that. You know, this is this is probably the most exciting part of the year for all of us uh, fans who uh, aren't Toronto supporters because all of us are big losers <laughs> right now. So we're looking forward uh, to next year and the silly season, as they like to call it for some stupid fucking reason, is here. I think so- it's a very serious season. <laughs> it better be it better be in portland it better be very serious i'll tell you that lafc is taking it seriously which we're gonna get into a little bit later um but first man let's get the uh let's get the pleasantries out of the way uh we were together on saturday at ecliptic brewery uh watching mls cup a fine establishment yes um but what have you been what have you been doing since then did you were you were doing all of this stuff around the room is that all done now are you done seeing all the things yeah okay yeah thank thank goodness (laughs) i'm I'm roomed out you're roomed out if if, uh our listeners don't know what we're talking about i've been going to events are in around the movie the room and the disaster artist and for like a month yeah my girlfriend's <laughs> really into it and it seemed like every week there's a new thing right like when the actress came out the director is out so there's all these showings and uh, i'm i'm done and you're Finally. done yeah so what what have you been up to the last few days just you know doing that holiday season working grind or yeah, I don't. I think Saturday was the high point of my life the last week. <laughs> um, it's just been uh, back to you know the doldrums of everyday life since then. Uh, How about you? I followed your lead. Uh, I went to IKEA this weekend. Yeah, it's but a useful place. It was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's, it's a shit show there a lot of times. Dude, so we got a mattress coming. We did one of those things where we have like a mattress coming in the mail. We go out to get the bed frame, and we do the whole thing where we go through Ikea, we look at every bed, we lay on every bed, and we're just buying the fucking frame, you know? So we look at 700 of these goddamn beds. We get down to the end, and they don't have the one that we want. So, of course, we get put in some other line to wait and, you know, to stand there, wait in line, get up, so we can request to have one sent to the store so we can pick it up. We wait in the line for 10 fucking minutes. We almost get to the end, and there's a fire alarm. <laughs> what? There's a fire alarm, dude. I shit you not. So then we go outside, and everybody's starting to pile up, and they're just waiting. We're not like, we're, we're not waiting for this. Like, we'll just order it on the internet and have it delivered to our house, right? 45 minutes it took to get out of that parking lot. And I sat there. And I 
cursed your name the whole time. I was like, fucking Ryan and his goddamn Ikea putting this in my head that this was a good idea. Because I talked Crystal into it. I was like, oh, we'll go to Ikea. It'll be fine. We're just getting a frame. It won't, we know, we, we looked at him. We have an idea of what we want. Bullshit. Nightmare. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. Well, I'm glad he got that out of the way. So next time I go there, there won't be a fire alarm. <laughs> no, but as you said, uh, Toronto winning, a.k.a. Seattle losing MLS Cup final, was the highlight of my weekend. And, you know, it's one of those things where we don't want to be entirely uh, biased here. There are plenty of times where, you know, it's easy to look at it and say, you know, Seattle does a better job than Portland at certain things. But that doesn't mean that we don't get a lot of joy out of them losing. And, uh... Man, oh, man, did they lose famously this weekend. Toronto really dominated, dominated that game, right? Yeah, it wasn't even close, really. I mean, uh, I mean, it was pretty dominating. So, so they, there's been a lot of uh, criticism of Brian Schmetzer. Um, do you think it's fair? Do you think he, he put a negative approach out there? Or do you think that's just more or less what Toronto does to Seattle when they play. Because we've seen it now how many times. Well, it's one thing, you know, there's been some criticism about the initial, you know, lineup of formation he put out there. Uh, But I think what's more damning for him is he didn't adjust throughout the game. You know, it was very evident right away that Toronto was what they were doing and how they were dominating. And as far as I could tell, there was no adjustments you know, at least at the right time. Maybe Nothing to get light. the ball forward yeah. and, you know, create anything. And, of, of course, a lot of that's on the players. Sure. I, you know, you can only do so much. I mean, uh, Stephen Fry did his part. I mean, if it wasn't right. for him, like, last year, I mean, it, this could have been, you know, 5-0. Right. It was that, it was that bad. And it, it it just goes to show, and there was a lot of talk afterwards, Greg Vanny, Josie Altsuer, Michael Bradley, everybody talking about how, you know, Toronto, this Toronto SC team is the best team in MLS history. And, you know, the the proof is sort of there. So it's not really very shameful from a Seattle perspective to lose to this Toronto team, even losing 2-0. But the thing is that they didn't really create any chances. It, there was not really any point where you were convinced that Seattle was going to to score or take control of the game in any way. Um, well, what's shameful is Rodney Wallace is the last player to score in a Timbers <laughs> uniform for the Western Conference. Yeah, that's in true. 2015. I saw, yes, I saw that. There, of course, there was the the Timbers trolling the Tim, Timbers. Fans I think that's a valid point. I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, I'm a troll, supporters. but really think about that. I mean, like, you Two know, I really think they stumbled now. into last year. I mean, if I'll. I'm going to go full biased Timbers fan here. I mean, when we won it, you know, we took it. Yeah, we were, you know, didn't get going till the end of the year, but, you know, we kicked everyone's ass in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Seattle stumbled through the playoffs and and barely won it in a penalty shootout with no shots on goal. Right. And then this year, they're, I mean, they had a good playoffs. I'll give them that. They're very solid defensively. Yeah, they had had a good run in the playoffs there. I thought they could possibly take it, but. This MLS Cup final as, you know, one game, which is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Um, so do you think do you think now that the 
the monkey is off of the back of Outador and Bradley. Do you feel like they've been sort of relieved of all this pressure? Yeah. Um, I, mean, and, I, think, I think they're going to be become Canadian citizens after this. Well, the way do, you, do you think, <laughs> though, with all of that off of them now, do you think it makes it easy, even easier for them in the future? You know what I mean? Without that kind of, like, holding you down and all that Are we pressure, talking about, like, just from a club perspective or just country? From, or, uh, you know, playing for Toronto. Yeah, yeah for a, a Toronto FC perspective. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know, they're going to retool and they have the funds to do it. So, you know, you at least got, barring, you know, outdoor has a tendency to get injured for stretches. But, you mm-hmm. know, if he sticks around and especially after this, I mean, that was the goal of his career. And I said that when he scored it, when mm-hmm. we were at the bar. And I was, that, that was left footed. Right. And that was the moment that we've, been watching him build up to i mean obviously i would like to see him do that for the u.s in the in the world cup but well you're gonna have to wait yeah but him you know doing it against seattle i'll i'll take that for now <laughs> depending on the situation that could be more important than the u.s in the world cup um so yeah i mean that kind of that wraps up the mls season you know um is there anything you think that really surprised you that you haven't talked about in regards to the cup final or the season overall? I guess one thing, uh, the, the viewership numbers came out and it was funny how MLS, uh, Columbus very high on the list, right? Like a per market basis. Yeah. Columbus was high. Portland Mm -hmm. was like top five. Seattle obviously was up there. I think Seattle uh, was one. Yeah, a lot of people. It was the highest ever in Canada for mm-hmm. the viewership. Um, but MLS, you know, they came out with the article first and spin it like, oh, it was up so many percentage from the last time it was on ESPN, which was in uh, 2015 when we were on against it. Columbus. Yeah, so it was like a 47 percent. I, I don't know. I might be it's something significant like that. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's actually way down because it was on broadcast Fox last year. And so actually a lot less people watched this year as the last year. So I think that's an important point that, you know, MLS needs to get it on national TV, maybe network television. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Fox is obviously the partner for that. Um, I think it will moving forward. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be. And I think Fox will probably look at that and be like, well, all right. You know what the MLS should do if they want to make sure that it's on Fox every time they show it? Play the game in June or July. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have that fucking game on a Sunday in December, it's a lot easier to convince Fox. Because Fox is like, you know, they look at it and they're like, 1 p.m. on a Sunday, no thanks. We'll show the Redskins and the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I guess that's true. But even no then, college it's, football, right? I mean, I no, there's it's, definitely. I mean, well, there's, there's the Army, Army Navy game. Yeah, right. so I don't know. I guess yeah. that's true. They did put it on a Saturday this year, right? I see. I drank too much that day, <laughs> and it, and the IKEA thing that really threw me off. So, um, what about the expansion draft that happened today? Uh, this silly. I mean, I don't know. It, it was kind of, but it's just like. This has got to be the last expansion draft ever, you'd hope, right? I don't know. It just seemed kind of a... I mean, first of all, LAFC came out saying that they may trade all the picks. <laughs> which sure, was, but then I and, looked at the, the crop yeah. of players that they took, and I was they, pretty did impressed. Win. Yeah, they did. Well, I mean, Tyler Miller, uh, Blessing, 
uh, Urena. Urena. Marco Urena. You know, the the U.S. killer. Yeah. Tico. Yuka, um, Raitala, and Raheem Edwards. Who, of course, were maybe jumping the gun a little bit to later conversation, but got traded immediately. Yes. So and basically, it, they walk away with this. Arania, who moves over uh, from San Jose, who's just a real pest, just like one of those guys who are, who's a real pain in the ass. And his his goal-scoring output isn't that great, but he's just... Like he harasses you, sort of like, uh, you know, Sebastian Blanco does, or like Rodney would do when he was here with the Timbers. Um, and you got a real burner and just young talent and Latif Blessing and, and a kid like Tyler Miller, uh, who's a little bit still unproven. Uh, as a goalkeeper, um, but there's something too, uh, you know, a kid who's been uh, around a club like Seattle that's seen that sort of success has uh, played in Open Cup matches. So yeah, I mean, overall, and then you consider, you know, we're we are jumping the gun a little bit here, but Raitala and Raheem Edwards get flipped to Montreal for Laurent Simon, and that is a hell of a haul today. I got to admit, Simon, because, you know, and we're going to get into this later, but, you know, LAFC has sort of built that central defensive battery uh, that they can really move forward with. Um, You've got a kid like Blessing uh, who, you know, he's had some trouble finishing, much like Arania, so they, they could sort of... You could see a theme there, but, you know, they have Carlos Vela to build around. Uh, This is going to be an exciting attacking team. Um, And it's 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 really interesting to see how they they'll take shape here, because we all know, you know, Arania, Blessing, Miller, these guys are squad players. You know, I doubt I mean. Arania and Blessing might start. Yeah, none of these guys might not be starting. 16. No, but I mean, you could see one of them or maybe both of them starting half the games, maybe, you know, depending on what happens, who they bring in. Um, But yeah, I was pretty impressed. There was, uh, you know, a little bit of a lack of fanfare, it seemed like. Um, But overall, yeah, I was sort of impressed with what they got. I don't know. You have anything else about the? Do you really think this is going to be the last one? Because I don't. Like, I think they're going to continue to have these. Well, I think by the time the next expansion teams roll around, I think I'm getting it's it's getting kind of silly that teams have to do all these protection of players. And it's good for the drama, like you saw with like Alonzo with Seattle, and mm-hmm. but by the time the, the other expansion teams come in, it's like if you can't find your own players with you know the, i don't know it just seems just kind of an extra um mechanism that just seems unnecessary to me at this point um again it's interesting you know especially to from trading perspective and possible dramas but i don't know i'm not sure if it's fair to the teams anymore especially when when you're you know, they do protect the homegrown players and the, you know, Generation Adidas, but still, you know, you put all this money into, you know, identifying players and scouting networks, and, you know, it's not the same when back in you just had a bunch of, you know, ho-hum American players out of college that, you know, were drafting these things. You know, these are 
you know, good players now that are being having to be taken away from the teams that mm-hmm. identify them. Well, then yeah. what do you say about the entire idea of trades then? Because, you, you know, you have this this whole thing around Laurent Simon, who apparently doesn't seem to be very happy no, he's about the trade. He's abs- yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even play for LAFC. Because the thing is, uh, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, like, obviously he went to Montreal because of speaking French and because of, you know, him having a sick kid who was going to get some very specialized or has been receiving very specialized treatment uh, in Montreal. Uh, he's built a house there. Um, and, don't, and don't forget and the French thing because his daughter doesn't speak English. Right. And now it's like everyone's like, oh, you can just find a specialist in LA. So you're going to find a specialist in LA that deals with that specific treatment and speaks French. And, right. You know, so he's very pissed from yeah. the things I've been seeing. And yeah. Uh, yeah. that brings that brings to light, you know, that question of, you know, which, how can, how can MLS stay, you know, sort of Americanized? In in ways that are well, beneficial and but also become part of the global market. Yeah, well, uh, this is how you, I think you do it. I think the next expansion clubs they get a certain amount of you know it's a new mechanism. You call it um, uh, e- EAM expansion allocation money. Okay, <laughs> that can only be, no because you can't turn right. that into yeah, nobody can E-E-M. say that. It's EAM. It's the zit. No, no, it's not it, good. It's set. It's set. <laughs> Book it. But um. <laughs> So you use it, you can only be used in like a certain amount of time or the first year to acquire players from other teams, but has special incentives to other teams. So it's worth more to them. Maybe it can be um, put to use as like TAM or something like that. So you still get some movement and essentially kind of acts as an expansion draft, but doesn't force players to go through this, you know, protecting players and things that right and they can actually they can actually approach clubs and perhaps negotiate with the players and see who's interested in going to play there and all in good faith without causing unnecessary drama and like i said it would be worth more to the receiving teams that are already in the league to to do this and so it it would still cause movement that needs to be done i just came up with that just on the spot you like that it's pretty good yeah i don't know about the name it's pretty funny EM. it's pretty it's, terrible it's EMM. it's called <laughs> now um all right well let's let's take a break for a minute um we kind of started getting into trades so when we return we'll talk about that and i guess there's no better place to start than walker zimmerman so we'll be back All right, so we were talking about Laurent Simon, and uh, you know that leads us in, like I said, to uh, the new his his center back partner and Walker Zimmerman at LAFC. Um, was it two hundred and fifty in Gam, two hundred and fifty in Tam? I Gam, believe. Gam. Yeah. So five hundred uh, k total to Dallas for Walker Zimmerman. Um, pretty formidable MLS defensive pairing. What do you think of that overall? Yeah, that's a good place to start. I mean, I like how LAFC is kind of, you know, starting from back. Obviously, they got, you know, um, what's his face? That's the first signing the strike. Vela. Yeah, Vela. So, I, you know, but beyond that, they've been, um, 
you know, with kind of Tyler Miller, obviously he may not be the starter quite yet, but Zimmerman, now Simone, it's, you know, it's good to see that they're thinking about that aspect. And, and you need defenders, especially in the expansion, that are um, familiar with the league. I think Minnesota right. made that mistake that they just bring over some guys from Scandinavia and, you know. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. thought they were going to be clever. They're like, right. this is Minnesota. We'll bring a bunch of Finns and Swedish right. guys in. Where, you know, Atlanta didn't do that. I mean, it was kind of a mix for them. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I think it's smart move by LAFC. Yeah. I, the thing is, is Zimmerman's one of those guys who he sort of fell out with Pereja last year, but he's got so much potential. Um, he... He, de- I mean, he has enough potential to be like a MLS Defender of the Year type player, like a you know Ike Para or a Chad Marshall type player. And you know, we've seen him out there. He's sort of a fiery guy. Uh, he's young, so this could be an opportunity for him to you know start over and to really embrace this club, and maybe as he matures, become a leader. Um, so I like this a lot, especially when you pair him with somebody like Saman, who is is a veteran. He's getting up there in years, but you know we we've seen uh, defenders in MLS be able to play, you know, into their mid to late thirties. Um, so I love this move, honestly. I was it was one of those ones that sort of snuck by me. I heard about it way after it happened. Um, but I was very impressed. Uh, I think that, you know, they they are doing, like you said, sort of all the right things that Atlanta did. They, they have a blend of, you know, they're going to bring in some international talent, and then they've got some MLS-proven players. Um, and I think that's the right way to go, especially when building an expansion team. I just think that's the right balance in MLS in general right, right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, bravo to, to Bob Bradley and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see them on the field even more, uh, than before. What do you think about, uh, the Sasha question rumor? Um, supposedly Sasha question, uh, might be headed, uh, to LAFC, um, for some draft picks and a little bit of money. Um, Former Bob Bradley player, you yeah. know, got drafted Californian. by Bob Bradley, California native. I uh, played for Bob Bradley at the national team level. Um, the most prolific, uh, you know, sort of assist, you know, slash playmaker uh, in MLS in the last like three years. Uh, so that would be quite the coup as well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny when you know you. You know, tell him how you know list off his accolades, you know, accolades. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed like he kind of had a down year this year. Although I don't think on paper he really did per se. No. Um, but just kind of watching him, it seemed New York seemed kind of odd this year. Yeah, and I think this may be a strong word, but this may be a, a rejuvenating move for him. You mm-hmm. know, he gets back to California, an exciting team. Um, yeah, I like this. Tra- I like this a lot. Again, LAFC impressive i think he's you know especially bob going to be there i i don't see anything bad about this i'm sure they'll they'll find a place to fit him in there 
he's a easy player to do that around and he gives you that that middle um to work off of and i'm sure players that they'll put around him especially the international talent i'm sure they're gonna bring in um yeah, I think that's going to be a good move. I like it a lot. They definitely, uh, they're impressing me so far. So uh, what do you, from a... It's not re- final yet, but sources. Are right, yeah, they, yeah, they seem to be pretty good. And yeah. But what do you think about this from a Red Bulls perspective? This is two years in a row where they lose their captain. Yeah, well, yeah, they're just they seem to be going cheap the last couple of years, aren't they? I mean, it's yeah. like, I don't know if they're putting all their money into the the Bundesliga team or or whatnot. And they're trying to build, they're trying, they're to, trying to do the youth. Yeah, you know, I think they're trying to the be too system. clever, it seems to me. And they're, they feel like they can, can compete while being cheap. And, um, but do you think, I mean, is this a, is Jesse Marsh, you think that he's a, he's all right with all of this? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, uh, Jesse Marsh is kind of a weird character for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I, how I, feel about him <laughs> he's a guy that yeah. you know even i didn't really bring it up uh low-key wouldn't have minded for the timbers job yeah i would have reservations about that if he did get the like it'd be the type of guy I'd be like okay we'll see what happens um but we'll talk about it later but i think we got a good one yeah supposedly we have our guy um wh- what do you think about Montreal now they get Raitala who is you know sort of a veteran defender um but you get you know a young spark plug and Raheem Edwards and you get them from your rival Toronto uh you know who obviously I wouldn't think they knew much about the idea of LAFC flipping him to their rivals um you lose Simon, but you know you get a little bit younger. You add one more player, uh, yay or nay? Yeah, I mean, yay-ish. yay-ish. I, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like yeah, uh, Montreal seems like one of the older teams when we look around the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so they definitely need some more infusion. Um, you know, Piotti's getting up there. I mean, so is you know Valeria on our end, but you know it, it's. Yeah. They seem to be kind of just stagnant, and um, I'm not sure if this, you know, these two guys are necessarily going to, you know, be world beaters, right? But it's certainly a step in the right direction. Um, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> moving forward into the the non LAFC related uh, part of the trades and rumors here, uh, Kai Kamara. Uh, is now a member of the Vancouver Whitecaps. They got a uh, New England Revolution, received a first-round super draft pick in 2019 and a conditional pick in 2020 uh, for the journeyman Kamara. What do you think about this move for Vancouver? What do you think about it for Kamara and for New England? I... This seems like another Vancouver move, doesn't it? I don't know. I, I think Kai Kamara, <laughs> he's. He, I don't think he's going to do what Vancouver wants him to do no. anymore. I mean, I, I, he, I just don't see. I don't think I, Vancouver ever makes the right moves per se. I don't know. I don't like. I just don't. I think New England actually, um, what they got and what they're going to save with you know, getting rid of them. Right. I think they came out the winners in this trade, to be honest. 
I gotta be honest. I think that now this is. I agree with you. This is a very Vancouver move. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of just going inside the league, going a little bit cheaper, going a little bit older. That being said, Kai Kamara is by far the best finisher that they've had. That's not saying and much. And if you right, but that. They've upgraded, and that's the thing is, I mean, you're looking at a super draft pick in 2019 and a conditional pick in 2020. Who gives a rat's ass? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I mean, like, they're basically giving away nothing. Now, Kai Kamara comes comes at a cost in terms of MLS. Like, he's not cheap. Um, But you get him, you get him indoors. You know, you don't have you. They play a faster game up there in Vancouver, and he can sort of be lazy, and you know, be be a goal scorer. Um, I don't think this makes Vancouver, you know, a Western Conference contender in my mind. I'm never convinced of them. You know, I'm definitely guilty of that, as you are, as well. Um, but uh. Yeah, I like this. I think he's going to do better than Montero. And, I mean, the re- who yeah. knows what's going this on with Jordi Reyna. I mean, yeah. Eric Hurtado sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. but this this is definitely, I think it'll be an upgrade for them. I bet you, I bet you Kai Kamara scores more goals next year than Freddie Montero scored this year. Yeah, I don't know how many goals that is, but I'm, I'm well, Montero scored like more. 10, 11-ish, Ish. yeah. I mean, I think Kamara's not going to score much more than that. No? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. What do you think about the uh, Ola Kamara, the Galaxy poking around with Columbus uh, to get Ola Kamara? Now, uh, uh, Zardes supposedly rumored uh, to be going to Columbus, and now the Galaxy interested in Ola Kamara. First of all, if you're the crew, do you do it? No. Okay. I'm very low on... On Zardas. Uh, no, if you're the crew, do you sell Ola Kamara to the Galaxy? And at what price? If you do? oh, I mean, if it's, I mean, there's a price for it. I mean, if they give you a lot of Tam Gam, Gam, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I would have to see, you know, what they're offering here. Uh, I like Kamara. Um, I don't think I'm not sure if Galaxy give him the service that he needs. I mean that that team right now is just a hot mess. Um, I mean, but him him and Alessandrini would be definitely intriguing. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the team is balanced enough. But Kamara's the type of player that he's going to make those runs. He needs, you know, possession and pinpoint passing to him, which yeah. Columbus has been able to, to do. Right, with um, players like Miram yeah. and Will Trapp. So and- he goes to Ziggy Schmidt's system. And, you know, I mean... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. <laughs> Sweep this under the rug. Not really impressed. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the one that we really want to talk about then. Darlington Nagby. And before we start talking about uh, the viewers or listeners <laughs> um, should know that me and you had uh, quite a text uh, exchange. About a debate. This, like, yeah. If you time. will. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, anybody that happens to be listening to this would obviously know that Darlington Nagby is rumored to be going to Atlanta United for, 
I don't know, a questionable amount of money. There's been a lot of... There's a lot of incentives that are... Which I didn't know about when we were talking last night, and I saw this today, and I was like... like I think I read one comment. just like, they might as well throw $10 million for him to be the first man on the moon or Mars, (laughs) you know, is the incentive, (laughs) because they were quite ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, essentially, I mean, it ends up being a shade over a million dollars. If we're, yeah... We'll know once, I think, tomorrow, I think they can announce it, maybe, or yeah, something like that, but yeah. It's not enough in my mind, dude. It's not enough. I'm sorry. Like, I okay, so here's the thing. Darlington Nagby, he demanded to have his salary doubled, right? So if you're the Timbers, especially considering, you know, Caleb's gone now. Mid-season, apparently. Sure. That's, yeah. So... If you consider that, then you're like, sure, it's reasonable that they would sell him. And I get I get the fact that they get more money if they sell him within the league rather than selling him outside of the league. That being said, um, $1.1, $1.2 million is not enough money. It's not enough money. I'm sorry. He is the premier possession midfielder in this league, bar none. He just is. And in terms of, at least in the offensive game, you know what I mean? So have you have you ever seen the heat map that somebody yeah. made as a joke it's, once? It's, well, it's very, it's the most brilliant thing ever. It's very true. So yeah, and that, that part of the field between, you know, the the fucking half line and the outside of the box, you do, you do think that he is the most brilliant player in the world. And it's only beyond that where he's not. Um, and I think that warrants more than $1.2 million. I think he's a $2 million player. Well, that, when we were debating about yesterday, that's about the, the level it was at that was coming through. With incentives, we, yeah, we that's know, we not didn't, true. We didn't know. Yeah, exactly. That was me assuming, because we heard incentives, but you, you figure those would be realistic incentives. Right. So it was coming out to like 1.8 million. I think we, we were debating on at the sure. point. I think at that price, yes, you make the move. But ne- <laughs> there's literally <laughs> ducks outside my window right now. Yeah, it's there's crazy ducks wow. walking, and I think your neighbors are having a wrestling match. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. So if essentially we're just getting a million from them, then. Then yeah, I think I'm coming back to. I'm not sure if that's enough. Yeah, and so I mean, first of all, it sucks that Nagby. Uh, it seem he seemingly wants out. You know what I mean? He's forced their hand, uh, especially now that Caleb's gone. I'm sure that he doesn't want to be around, and it seems like it's a pretty it's pretty much a done deal. Um, so where do you, where do you think the Timbers go from here? Uh, they want, they're rumored to be shopping for a young center back, a young central defensive midfielder, and a young slash flexible attacking midfielder or just attacking player. They haven't said whether or not yeah. it'll be a striker. Well, yeah, it's going to be a left winger, essentially. I mean, that, that's you, what will have to You would think so. Yeah, unless they switch Blanco around. So it's going to be another winger, I think, we'd go after. Um, I mean, they have to. <laughs> I mean, that's he's been playing left wing for us primarily. Um, 
So that's going what's going to have to be. It's like I said yesterday when we were talking. You know, a lot of it's going to come down to if Gavin can bring in the right players to, right. to replace this. It's going to be a big microscope on him that he does this right with the money that we're going to get from him. Well, and the the thing is, is he has to he has to hit on you know he's got to check multiple boxes uh, because Nagby has been depth as a winger. He's depth as a attacking central midfielder. He's depth as a holding central defensive midfielder. Um, and that's just, th- those are big shoes to fill. You know, with it, we've got to bring in multiple players uh, to, to make up for that. And supposedly, you know, the Timbers are going to have around $2.5 million dollars to spend on players uh, in this offseason. But, I mean, if you're talking about bringing in four players and you're talking about a team who is supposed to have high aspirations and big lofty goals in MLS, uh, it sort of feels like we're being left behind to me. And, you know, like a player like Nagby, you look at him on Atlanta, sure, he's going to start, but... I mean, here in Portland, he's the number two guy. Darlington Nagby is, without a doubt, the second biggest name on the Portland Timbers. Uh, He will not be that in Atlanta. So, I just, you know. And uh, in my mind, it's sort of, I don't know. It almost solidifies some of the knocks that people have had on Nagby, where it's like he'd just rather be like one one of the guys. He doesn't want to be the guy. You know what I mean? And, you know, he's never going to be the guy in Atlanta, obviously. What do you think? Now, you had sort of uh, put it out there to me that the Timbers might, you think they might be interested in Yamil Assad. Well, I because when I was first looking at they Atlanta unprotected him, which was curious to me. Because, um, to me, he's one of the more exciting young, you know, left wingers in the league. And so I thought maybe that might have something to do with it. And he's from Argentina. And obviously we have the, you know, Argentina connection. Of course, so does Atlanta. But um, so I felt like that maybe something was up with that, that maybe they're willing to get Nagby to solidify, you know, their possession. Um, but obviously I don't think that's happening now. Maybe I was just totally off base there. I mean, I, Basically, I want Assad. Okay, guess, so yeah. <laughs> so do you know the deal with him? You know that he was on loan, right? It, so you have to buy his contract. He's going yeah. back to right now. I mean, technically, it, yeah. he's part of Velez Sarsfield, right? Um, but so I thought maybe we'd use that windfall of the money sure. to ultimately, but we but, still could. Yeah. Do you like him? Yes. As a le- the attacking left wing type player that the Timbers have been perhaps talking about. Yes, I do. Okay. If he play, I, if he plays enough defense like Blanco does, you'd have Assad, Blanco, and, and, and Valeri played, played passable defense. I mean, that's that's because Valeri doesn't play defense. No, <laughs> and so he needs <laughs> to be allowed to do what he obviously can do. Right. And so. Um, Hey, any Atlanta fans, you know, let me know. But it's kind of a – I don't even know how realistic that is happening. Like I said, I was so excited – not 
excited in a good way, but just frantically looking mm-hmm. at stuff. And that kind of popped in my head because I was curious that he was unprotected. And he wasn't chosen by LAFC. No. So probably because of his contract situation. Yes. That's what, and the, you know, that would, there, there were sort of rumors that perhaps LAFC might sort of do that where they would claim players who are trying to go to Europe. So then that way, if those players ever come back, they would hold their rights and things like that. But I think they played it a little more straight than that. Um, I think we should take another break here in a minute or two. But before we do that, I want to address the rumor that perhaps Fernando Adi could be on the move to China. Now, obviously self-serving to us because of our Timbers connection here. Um, But what do you think about Fernando Adi going to China? And do you think that the Timbers are likely to be able to replace him this quickly? Uh, likely no and no. Um, I mean, Meridori came out and said that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for a good reason, because if we sell them, just like everyone knows now that's following MLS transfer rules, we can only get, you know, so much from them in terms of what we could use back into the paying players. So, that I mean, the team may maybe will make money off him per se, but the amount it would take to get a striker of his his caliber – um, like Mer- Merritt said, it would cost. There would be no net gain essentially from selling him. You think he's going to be happy to stay here, though? He seems to want yeah, to go somewhere else. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know if he wants to go to China. <laughs> I mean, it's like, um, but I think he's happy here. I he's he didn't. I think there's always been rumors that he's not, and I think it's been was more of his agent in the past, kind of putting that stuff out because his agent thought he was more clever than he really is. Um, but interviews I've seen with Adi, I, I think he, I, I think he's going to be here for at least another year. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. Yeah, especially with how he was injured most of the year, I think we're willing to give him another ch- chance. And other than like some obviously Chinese club coming around. Um, you know, I don't think he's going anywhere. All right, so Fernando Adi Golden Boot in 2018 confirmed. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Assad um, assist leader too, <laughs> but for Atlanta, unfortunately. So let's go ahead and take another break, and when we come back, we'll hit on a couple topics. Uh, perhaps the uh, the Timbers having their man uh, as the manager, uh, a little USL talk. And maybe we'll we'll wrap a bow on uh, the soccer season for the holiday season as a whole and talk about what's coming next. Yeah. So uh, that was a that was a joyous little break, Ryan. I feel I feel great. Um, and that's good because I want to feel positive when we are talking about the possibility of the Portland Timbers new manager and multiple sources, including Taylor Twelman, who knows all things MLS, uh, reports that Giovanni Savarisi is going to be the next manager of the Portland Timbers. Um, 65, 26, and 51 in his time with New York Cosmos. Three uh, NASL championships, four finals appearances, one loss, most recently to San Francisco and San Francisco. Uh, 
Most importantly, he played one game for Millwall. One whole game for Millwall. They fear no foe. <laughs> so, uh, pretty awesome. Also, 31 appearances for Swansea. So, this is all, this, this is all very much Baldari related over here. Um, are you excited? Are you happy? Is this... I mean, I don't think it's the guy... I, we both wanted Burhalter, right? Yeah, and... In hindsight, though, you know, after digesting this for the last few hours, it seems like the right move to me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, checks kind of ticks off all the boxes that the front office is saying. You know, he's he's bilingual, MLS um, experience, MLS experience, um, been abroad, been abroad, um, tactically, you know, what we want in terms mm-hmm. of attacking possession soccer. Although apparently he's quite. Uh, you know, malleable with that. You know, mm-hmm. he apparently he puts out different uh, seven different formations, formations yeah. this year for um, the Cosmos. So that, that's that's exciting, and um, apparently very very nice personal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to find anything bad written about him. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, just from other sources and just random people on Reddit and Twitter, all. Th- liking this people that have been around the team um so yeah i think i'm i'm feeling good about it uh what what about you well okay so the two things that i've read uh that i like the most are first and foremost the one that you mentioned he's flexible um one of one of the things from gavin and Merritt that we had heard before that sort of worried me um was their mention of the four two three one, and it seemed like in my mind they were a little too married to that formation. That was sort of something that was important to them that they brought up. Uh, but he's, you know, like we said, he's played seven different formations uh, this year. He seems to be a little bit more flexible, which I like. You know, that's sort of one of the knocks I always had on Caleb. You know, he's a little bit more stubborn. And would sort of try to, you know, force a square peg, so to speak. So I'm happy about that. I'm also happy about the fact that I've heard that he's, I think the quote that I saw was he's a a bit of a nutter on the sidelines. So he gets emotional, um, which is important to me. I want that. Uh, I, I don't know if that's just like my Pennsylvania upbringing and my, uh, you know, growing up in that sort of sports environment and culture. But I want somebody that's emotional, you know, like sort of care like we do for anybody who was at the Cal FC. I mean, that's very, I mean, Caleb was that though, right? Absolutely. That's part of the reason why I loved Caleb. That was a huge part why I loved Caleb Porter. So I'm happy to see that we're bringing in a guy uh, that seems to be similar in that way. Um, now I am a little now keeping, I guess, keeping in mind that I know Caleb made the move from Akron, uh, to the Timbers and we've seen, we've seen, you know, Schmetzer, you know, he was the Sounders, uh, manager in USL and, you know, he's done a good job in MLS. Um, I am a little bit concerned, um, about that, I guess, uh, but not that concerned. I think that, like you said, the reputation's there. 
Uh, people seem to believe in him. Uh, seems to have a great personality. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited because other people seem to be sort of envious of it. Yeah, and I think what's good for him, too, is he's not coming into, like, a rebuild job, essentially. I mean, obviously... Is he? Some, I mean... Because it feels that well, way. Well, I know... Well, you know, missing Nagby. I mean, it's not like... the There's pieces there, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's got the league MVP coming mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, he's got a... Um, you know, league-class striker if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Blanco. He's obviously got connections to South America, yeah. which you know is huge for Gavin and Merritt, who are trying to, you know, unearth sort of smarter buys, you know, younger sort of unheralded talent. Um, and, you know, that bilingual thing, I mean – I, I feel like that could really help, you know, especially we're sure. not afraid to go get, you know, players from South America and abroad. And a lot of times they speak Spanish and maybe that did. I think even Caleb, you know, admitted as much as that kind of hinders things. Sometimes obviously they have translators, but for him to be able to directly communicate what he wants with the, you know, the passion that he looks to have. I think that's going to be a big plus for us. Yeah, and uh, there is definitely that, considering the fact that we seem to want to uh, continue to go that way, to spend that way, to go after the South American players, um, that he will be able to, you know, sort of coach them up and communicate with them in their native language. Uh, I think it helps their integration for sure. So that's, you know, that's a huge plus. Uh, I'm excited. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really sort of reserve judgment until we see what they put out there on the field. But you're right. Everybody, everybody's got positive stuff it, to say. It passed and, the eye test or the smell test or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's just like it doesn't. There's no red flags here, truly. Like you said, maybe obviously doesn't hasn't coached the MLS level, but that didn't stop Caleb and hasn't stopped a lot of successful coaches in this league. So um, I don't think that's necessary anymore. I think you just have to be, you know, a well-respected, good coach. Mm-hmm. He certainly fits that mold. All right. So, yeah, man, I don't know. This is, it's been sort of a long, bumpy journey here uh, throughout the season. Uh, we kind of started in the middle of the season, and here we are at the end of it. It still seems like an entire lifetime, but uh, it's been fun. I'm looking forward to to next year and everything that could happen for the Timbers. That's going to happen in MLS and USL. Well, we, I guess we'll get some sort of decision on NASL sometime soon here. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of exciting, uh, stuff to look forward to. Um, do you have anything that you are hoping is if you have a wish for 2018, other than the Timbers winning a domestic treble, um, what would it be? Um, are we talking about just like league wide or timber soccer, soccer, soccer in general? In general. Mm. I'd like to see 
just the continued growth of the beautiful game, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, it's like, I just want to see that, that incremental growth that MLS has had every year. I want to see more signs of next year. You know, um, I want LAFC to be successful, which I have no doubt they they, they will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we definitely have a, possibly another Atlanta-type team coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Galaxy respond to that and how their attendance responds to that. Um, so that's that's an interesting storyline to me. Um, yeah, and then obviously the Timbers, I want all the success for. And <laughs> all, literally, yeah. all of it. <laughs> Fuck everybody and else. And also, too, I like to see Minnesota be successful, actually. Okay. Um, I want, it's, I'm not sure how far away they're from their new stadium. Um, and DC's got their new stadium coming in next uh-huh. year. So it's going to be interesting on a lot of those fronts. And uh, hopefully Miami gets sorted out. And NESL, I mean... Ryan hates NASL. I'm sorry. I don't hate the teams. I don't hate the supporters. (laughs) Just the idea of the league existing. It's just a dead horse. Yeah. It keeps on life support. Hey, Tommy Heineman, uh, San Francisco Delta's legend now on uh, Cincinnati. He's made his way back to Ohio. So um, I'm going to say I'm going to get a little bit more specific when we talk about the growth of the sport. I want... I want some improvement of the league structure uh, at every level, and I want some improvement of the competition structure. I think that we'll have some sort of like just pie in the sky episode here in the off season at some point where we can get into all the shit that we want that doesn't exist. Well, I'm not on the spot, when you right? Ask me this, uh... um, <laughs> but I think that. Uh, I think that that's what I want to see. I, you know, we I, I had sort of brought up what Jake Edwards of USL talked about before. I want to see more uh, thorough idea of what the structure of USL is going to be, what the competition is going to be. I'd like to move forward on some of the old shit uh, that MLS has sort of drug around forever, uh, just in terms of the way that we handle things. So hopefully, hopefully there'll be some uh, more progress in that in the new year. And uh, hopefully, you know, the Timbers won't completely fucking suck despite like having a new coach and overhauling half of their roster and not playing in a, a home game until like April or May or July or whenever they have a home game, maybe single elimination playoffs next year. Hopefully we'll see. That would that would definitely be progress. I would agree with that as well. Um, so yeah, we I would say it's safe to say we're gonna take a break until after the new year. It's a couple weeks here. Um, what is it? The twelfth of December. I've lost I've lost yes. count now. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll come back after the first of January here, and we'll probably just you know get a little too drunk on whiskey and talk about all the shit that's happened and. Uh, you know what we're working on for the new year um but yeah i don't know is there anything else ryan i think that's you know a beautiful way to go out there (laughs) all right well until 2018 we hope everybody has an excellent holiday uh whatever holiday you celebrate even if that holiday is just an extra day off work 
have an awesome new year. Until then, I'm John. And I'm Ryan. This is the Football Associates Podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later.